you doing, Doc? I need fuel. Welcome to the third episode of Fantasy Fuel on the Fire. I want to start off this episode by telling you that Nike has declined to renew the contract of Jameis Winston. Now, that's not too surprising considering he was just suspended. Nike's contract actually ran out before the suspension was announced, but the decision to not renew Jameis Winston came with that suspension in mind. Now, it has been quite a summer for the former number one overall pick, and in addition to that suspension, he parted ways with his agent, and there are reports surfacing that he won't be featured on any of the murals at the Buccaneer Stadium. Now, that is definitely a bad, bad situation for Jameis to be in, but as far as it goes with Nike... You guys knew he had some sketchy things in his past, so just this suspension should not be, you know, the only reason you didn't renew his contract. If you already knew about some of his past dealings, like uh, a BB gun fight when he was in college, of course the crab legs incident that we all have heard about before, and... Many other things. I mean, Jameis Winston, as a Florida State fan, I had high hopes for him coming into the NFL. And he still is a decent quarterback. But my God, he just does not have the intelligence to figure it out, it seems. I don't know what is going through his brain, but he's not taking care of his future. And it seems to just be getting bleaker and bleaker as we go on he's going to have to come out and wow us this year in the nfl for the buccaneers to even consider keeping him after his first contract runs out personally i think Jameis winston if he can't get his stuff together i think he may just go the way of you know other quarterbacks who have had some issues staying you know out of the bad spotlight speaking of a bad spotlight, D'Angelo Hall had a comment about Jay Cutler at his retirement presser. D'Angelo said, if I could have played against Jay Cutler more, I'd probably be in the Hall of Fame. And of course, that's in reference to D'Angelo Hall's four interception performance against Jay Cutler years ago, but I thought that was pretty funny that he would bring that up, because yes, that four interception game was impressive but it also came against Jay Cutler who has not been a very impressive quarterback for pretty much his entire career yes in fantasy he was a fairly solid quarterback for a few years but as an NFL quarterback he just couldn't get it done now on to a little more fantasy relevant news and stats I read something just the other day about Blake Bortles. Now, this guy, he he may surprise some people this year. I have a feeling he will be a solid, at least streamable option for most of this season. His defense is going to keep that team in games, and he should, as long as he doesn't make mistakes, he should be all right. But here's the stat I saw from the 
2014 draft class, you know, just a few short years ago, Blake Bortles is the seventh leading rusher among them. Now, this is not a very impressive list. Uh, as I scroll through it, there's only a few guys that even have any relevance in the league period, not just fantasy, just in the league period. Uh, of course, in that le- uh, in that draft, uh, in the fourth round, Devontae Freeman was selected, and he is on top of all those rushers. And below him was a second-round pick in Jeremy Hill, who has not had much to do over the last season or so. We'll get to him a little bit more in a minute. Uh, another couple of running backs on that list, Carlos Hyde and Jarek McKinnon, uh, both in different, completely different situations this year. Jarek McKinnon actually took over Carlos Hyde's role in San Francisco, and there are a lot of people high on McKinnon. Uh, Now, I am one that I think there's value there, but I just don't know how much I want to spend in draft capital to get Jarek McKinnon. And on the complete opposite side of that, Carlos Hyde being in Cleveland now with Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson... There's only so much that, you know, can go around on that backfield. And a former Cleveland Brown running back, who is now in New Orleans, is also on that list. Terrence West, he's just ahead of Blake Bortles on the list. He has about 400 more rushing yards than Blake Bortles does, which tells you all you need to know about Terrence West. Now, the only other person on this list that is even fantasy relevant anymore is James White and that's only because he catches passes he actually has 161 receptions compared to 113 rushes over his short career there's a bunch of people in between in this list and I'm going to read off some of these names and you're going to know exactly why that draft class of 2014 was just not anything to be excited about In between those names that I said, there's Alfred Blue, who seems to still have maybe a little bit of a backup role. Trey Mason, who shined in a rookie year and then we never heard from him again. Andre Williams. Charles Sims, who may still get a few touches in Tampa. Who knows? Bishop Sankey, who we referenced in our trade episode just a couple of episodes ago. And Kadeem Carey, just that draft class is just not good. And if Jarek McKinnon and Carlos Hyde can't muscle their part of the load in their respective teams, this is a really sad list of running backs from the 2014 draft class. So I referenced a couple of New England Patriot running backs in Jeremy Hill and James White. They may be in for some more touches. Why? because Sony Michelle has a knee problem. And that is an issue. That's a first-round pick that the Patriots took, who now is not going to be practicing. We're not sure for how long he's going to be out, but Rex Burkhead's fantasy stock is skyrocketing because of this. Now, I think James White will still have a similar, similar role to what he's already had in New England, uh, it just won't be eaten into as much now that Sony Michelle has an injury. But I think Rex Burkhead is going to be rising up draft boards and Sony Michelle is going to be falling. I don't think that means much for his dynasty stock, but 
in redraft stock, I'm not sure how much faith I could put in Sony Michelle. And I also don't know how much faith I would put in Rex Burkhead. I have him in a couple of leagues, but those were salary cap auction-ish type leagues. So I was able to trade for him in one, didn't have to put much capital in him. So that's fine. I just, Sony Michelle just does not seem like the guy you should be putting any trust in right now. Again, unless it's a dynasty league. And even then, I'm not 100% sold on him. It seems like he's going to have issues. And we all know, yes, the back out of New England can score fantasy points. But will you know who it is from week to week? Probably not. So I'm not going to invest much capital in Sony Michelle or Rex Burkhead. Maybe a little bit if you can get Rex Burkhead a little later than he's probably starting to go now. But I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. And then that guy that I mentioned earlier, Jeremy Hill. If Sony Michelle's injury lingers, we might see Jeremy Hill on the field again. But that's kind of what we all thought with Mike Gillisley. And we all know where that wound up. He started not suiting up for games, and was a healthy scratch for most of the time, which I assume Jeremy Hill might end up being as well. So that's all I'm going to say about the New England backs, because we could go on and on and on about how much talent they have and who's going to play when, but we all know Bill Belichick is going to prove us all wrong in the end. A bit of interesting trade news The Cleveland Browns are trading former first-round pick Corey Coleman to the Buffalo Bills for what appears to be a seventh-round draft pick. What is going on? They have almost nothing invested in him. Yes, he was a first-round pick, and yes, he was making $3 million, but they've got like $50 million in cap space that they haven't done anything with. So it's not like they needed to dump him to make room for somebody a la Des Bryant, we'll see. All the reports are saying, oh, no, no, it has nothing to do with Josh Gordon or Des Bryant. This was just, they needed to part ways. Part ways for what? Corey Coleman, yes, he hasn't proven anything, but why dump him for a seventh-round pick unless something is wrong with Corey Coleman? And then, of course, Corey Coleman goes to the Bills, who, on one of the last episodes of Fantasy Fuel, we talked about who I'm watching in preseason, and I'm watching the horrible Buffalo Bills quarterback situation, which does not bode well for Corey Coleman. They've already got Kelvin Benjamin, who is taking shots at Cam Newton, so he doesn't sound like the greatest guy in the world to have on a team. Zay Jones, who's got all the talent in the world, but if something happens and his head isn't in the right spot, man, he will be on another naked rampage. So, Corey Coleman, Zay Jones, and Kelvin Benjamin. That sounds like a great young wide receiver core, but I am not drafting any of them. And partially because they've all got their own issues, and partially because... A.J. McCarron, Josh Allen, or Nathan Peterman are going to be throwing to him. And while Josh Allen may be the quarterback of the future for the Bills, it ain't this year. 
So I'm still staying away. Obviously, none of these guys are going to cost you a high draft pick in any of your fantasy drafts. But there's so many wide receivers out there that I'd rather take a chance on. And one of those guys is Cameron Meredith, who big news for him because the Saints cut Brandon Coleman. I think the Saints probably are uh, pretty confident in Cameron Meredith and maybe their rookie wide receiver, Traquan Smith. Because uh, obviously they still have Michael Thomas and they still have Ted Ginn on the outside. So it looks like the Saints are pretty confident in what they have for wide receivers. So Brandon Coleman gone. We'll see where he ends up. Maybe he'll end up in Buffalo too. Who knows? But that, I believe, is really good news for Cameron Meredith. Like I said, you can still get him really late and... He's a guy I'm taking a chance on. Uh, again, it costs almost no draft capital. And he could be one of those guys that Drew Brees will learn to trust. And he could catch 70 to 80 balls this year. Especially if that Mark Ingram suspension plays any part in their offense. And Alvin Kamara can't get it going. Or they use Alvin Kamara too much. He gets a little banged up in those first four games. Maybe the Drew Brees of old has to come out and he has to throw for 5,000 yards. Now, Michael Thomas, you know, he'll probably get 1,400 yards of that. That's still 3,600 yards that Drew Brees has to spread around. Ted Ginn, you know, he's not going to get more than seven, 800, maybe 1,000 yards on a great year. That's still 2,000-plus yards for Drew Brees to spread around. Cameron Meredith has every chance to get another big chunk of those yards so i'm all in on cameron meredith right now because his stock is not as high as it could be use that late round pick on cameron meredith not Corey coleman not kelvin benjamin not zay jones not this year anyway my uh partner in crime tom he might have something different to say about zay jones but we'll leave that for when we're together again And I'm going to leave you with one more note. It's draft season, and there's a lot of news coming out. And it's so easy for these guys out there that are covering the different camps. They use Twitter, and as soon as something happens, bam, it's on Twitter. You can see it. You can read it. They can speculate all they want. So what I have to say is, remember, this is training camp. It's preseason. Everybody has good news to say about all their players. What does it mean? It means almost nothing. Coaches are going to pump up their players to make them feel like, yes, they're on the right track. But you should probably pay attention to the bad stuff that's being said. There's not a lot of guys out there saying, oh, they're having a bad camp. You should probably stay away from them. But there are a few out there. Uh, And one of those is John Gruden talking about Martavis Bryant. I pay attention to that one, although John Gruden has had a very odd offseason after he was signed as head coach of the Raiders. I don't know what to think about him, which means I also don't know what to think about him saying Martavis Bryant needs to step up his game. But it is one of those bad articles, those bad news bits that you should pay attention to instead of, oh, 
this guy for the wide wide receiver for the Bears is having a great camp. Well, yeah, and we've only seen one Hall of Fame game with a bunch of nobodies out on the field so far. I will believe it when I see it, but I will believe when somebody goes down with an injury or we hear about a nagging hamstring issue with somebody. Those are the things that you need to pay close attention to. Don't worry about, you know, oh, James White's having a great camp. Yeah, so what? Although we probably won't hear that particular one because we don't hear much of anything out of New England until it actually comes to fruition. News articles like, oh, the Packers rookie wide receivers, they're all looking good. Yeah, I don't know what else you expect for a news item of that caliber. Everybody's going to look good in preseason. Don't base your draft on what somebody else says somebody looks good about. I mean, maybe if you're uh, hedging between two guys, maybe you put a little bit of stock into it. But come on, it's training camp. We all are hearing it. We all are salivating over preseason news and just how great we think our drafts are going to be. Because a lot of us have done a lot of drafts already. A lot of us are in the middle of some slow drafts online. And a lot of us are not going to draft for three or four more weeks. So read it. Take it all in. But also don't put too much stock in what everybody's got to say in preseason. I can't stress it enough. It It's great to talk about. It's, you know, water cooler talk. That That's about all it is. Have some fun with it. Be glad that football is here, but don't base your entire draft on who's doing good in preseason. That's only going to get you in trouble. You got to do a little bit more research than that. So come to us. Listen to us. We'll give you the important bits that I feel are necessary to help you win your drafts. If you have anything you would like to tell us, if your draft has already happened and you want us to give you a little bit of a review, we're down for that. All you got to do is send us a tweet at Fantasy Fuel on Twitter, or you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Fantasy Fuel. You can also visit our discussion group on Facebook, Fantasy Football through Fantasy Fuel. You can also get us through email, fantasyfuelpodcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, you can always send us a message through your phone. That magical little box. You can push some numbers. You can call us. You can text us. And that number is 608-492-3443. I hope to hear from you. This draft season is heating up. And I want to talk about all the drafting that you guys are doing. You want to let us know who you think is a big sleeper. Or maybe you think Corey Coleman is a good fit on the Buffalo Bills. Bring it. Send it. We'll talk about it. Thank you for listening, and remember to stay fueled up this fantasy season.